Welcome back to Consuming the Craft podcast, housed at Asheville Buncombe Technical Community College in Asheville, North Carolina. That's always a mouthful, and I always stumble over it every time I do that. But Consuming the Craft podcast, listen, laugh, learn with me. And my special guest today, my full-time faculty member, my thumb on the grasping the hammer of knowledge. Wait, where Wait, was it? Usually the hammer hits the thumb. No, but it, that's how you have to hold the handle. Oh. So the educational hammer, you are the thumb that grasps the handle. Because <laughs> without a without a thumb, you really can't grasp the handle of the hammer. See where I was going with that? Yeah, you're calling me a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> well... Maybe I'm a monkey's (laughs) uncle. So we are going to talk about the evolution of the Craft Beverage Institute, as well as the curriculum program here at AB Tech, the Brewing Distillation and Fermentation Program. It is the first two-year accredited degree in the country. You get an Associates of Applied Science in Brewing Distillation and Fermentation. And we've been doing this now for a while. The program first started in August of 2013. Certainly, you were onboarded in 2015. Does that sound right? I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's... And how you did that all by yourself, I, I still am amazed. I I didn't do it all by myself. I, mm. I Luckily, you, uh, uh, in your brewing career, allowed some students to come out and work, and then you retired, and uh, you were dumb enough to call me and ask for a job. <laughs> for a job well the wife told me to get out of the house well that's fair um that being said uh you've been instrumental in uh directing and guiding the program through the seas of education and learned scholars that we've had graduate from here so we i i mean honestly we were very beer heavy when we first started the program and we've seen the evolution of basically all of these industries kind of expand and grow. I mean, did you think we would be doing seltzer production if I talked to you three years ago? I did not. And uh, one thing, and I think it it might be because I brought a lot of beer knowledge and you had distillation knowledge. And now uh, it frees you up where you can focus on the distillation side um, while I'm working on the beer side of things. It's good, too, because we've started introducing the distillation side of things much earlier in the program and in the cohort. So those of you that don't know about it, it's a, a two year degree. So you would take classes in the fall and the spring semester. And then you have a summer internship which you work for 10 weeks, 320 hours at a craft beverage facility that we, we've we given a radius of 250 miles, I think, mm-hmm. from our location here. And you find a spot in the industry, you go work uh, and learn and, and you know apply the hands-on stuff that we're doing here with other places, and you learn from other folks. And then you come back and you finish your, your uh, second portion of the, the program, your second year basically after that summer semester, and then you graduate and you go work. And... It is no secret to any of the students that have graduated or are listening that this entire program is about me getting free booze. Oh, and me too. Don't forget. Well, no, about no, that. no. Yeah, I mean, ancillarily, I, I let you, I, I let you smell the caps on a lot of stuff. And, and ideally, all over the country, and actually all over the world, so, so we have place to go. We, it's funny you say that because I just recently found out we have a student working over a graduate working over in Vietnam, mm. working uh, making sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, in three different locations. So he's doing very, very well. But we have students really all over the planet now mm-hmm. uh, and coming from all over the planet. So we, we've had students from Korea. We've had uh, students from Central and Latin America. We've had 
students from uh, now we have a student from Russia. Mm -hmm. So we, we it is a unique program to have housed at a community college because it's a, a we I mean we get students from all over the United States as well, but it just it's been drawing a lot of folks, and we've had to kind of keep up with trends that way. We've had to bring in distillation sooner. We've had to diversify some of the stuff that we're teaching them to ferment due to, you know, the craft breweries around here being one experimental to some degree, but with the tourism that's in this area, if you don't have a veritable cornucopia oh, yeah. <laughs> of stuff on draft and you have a large group of folks coming in, certainly you have to have an IPA and you have to have some of those classic styles and standards, but there are, mm -hmm. there are uh, a handful of, um, we'll say beverage enthusiasts that are always kind of looking for something unique and new. Yeah. And, uh, seltzers are one of those things that we, you know, we've started to make the students have to make one now and, and they have to uh, see it through and, and who would have thunk, uh, the seltzers would be the new, uh, wine coolers of the ages. <laughs> I mean, I know you remember Bartles and James. Oh yeah. And that's, you know, with Zima and all the other things that came out of that. I mean, even some of the Boone's wine, Boone's Farm wine is an alternative beverage. Yeah. It's just insane to think that it has come so full circle and to be so wide. I mean, it's billions of dollars in that industry, just the hard seltzer market. And you got to have a variety, like you said, a, a cornucopia. You have to have a variety. <laughs> a you know, plethora. Not just fermented beverages but you know soft drinks and things like that it's stuff that's well and it, let's say you're a brewery you really should have almost like a cider on draft mm -hmm. or have have that option available in a can or bottle or you should have potentially wine behind the bar as well mm -hmm. it's just it's kind of crazy to see how the diversification like everyone that's coming in i wouldn't necessarily has a favorite but there's certainly a style that it seems like they're looking for mm -hmm. or if they don't drink beer you know, a, a cider is a good alternative. Uh, seltzers have been a huge, huge thing in the last uh, couple, three years. Um, it's just interesting how... Or mead. Mead is another thing that we need to talk about because we have uh, we have kind of made a, a tongue-in-cheek uh, challenge to each other. Yeah, you threw the gauntlet down. I didn't throw the gauntlet. The students threw the gauntlet. Oh, okay. It was it was there it was going to be me versus you in a mead challenge and more on that we'll do another podcast on that later but uh, we've added uh, winemaking and some of these other things uh, earlier into the curriculum mm -hmm. uh, because it seems to me that the students coming in have a more diverse interest. So I don't know if you remember our first cohort because they start to blend together now. Yeah, they they do blend together. But they, they seem to, the majority of those folks coming into the program were interested in beer. And there's no experience really necessarily uh, needed, but uh, being familiar with terms and some of these other things are going to help you uh, learn much faster. But, you know, when I would ask and I'd go through the class, hey, why are you here? I want to be a brewer. I want to be a brewer. I want to be a brewer. But within the last two or three cohorts, be like, oh, I'm really interested in distillation. Yeah, really, or, or other products. Yes. Yes. So it was uh, kombucha and, and, you know, other people are getting very, very creative with some of the things that they're even making for their capstones. Mm -hmm. um, and for those of you that don't know what a capstone is, we, the last class that the students take their second year, they have to produce a product on site, whether it's a beer, wine, cider, spirit, soft drink, whatever it is, uh, 
they have to produce it here and then they present it to a group of uh, professionals locally so that we can kind of taste and, and understand what's going on. And so once we get an opportunity to uh, see what they've made, I mean, we've had uh, a student do their project on mead and, and one made a sweet potato sochu, mm-hmm. who is that now student over in, and working in Vietnam. So it's mm-hmm. interesting to see their education, not only their education level, uh, because we have a lot of students that already have degrees, but but their interest in a particular style of beverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a student right now that's, I don't want to say a bourbon fiend or a whiskey fiend. I would say enthusiast, mm-hmm. uh, a rabid enthusiast. A ra- a rabid in- <laughs> <laughs> he enjoys uh, a wee uh, nip. Uh, and is very, very educated already before he got here on uh, on whiskey itself. And what I was really surprised after talking to you is you are a fan of Campari. I love Campari. It blew me away. I, I mean, we worked together for a few years now, and I was like, we, we tasted that particular uh, liqueur out in class, and you were like, I really love this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, have you had a Negroni? And you said, what's that? And I go, well, it's a macaroni. What? <laughs> yeah, I have macaroni. No, it's it's gin. And you're like, oh, I like gin. I was like, it's Campari. Oh, I like Campari. I was like, then you, you had sweet vermouth. Oh, I think I'd like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so welcome to Booze Clues, because I have made you in our lab, our top secret lab, your first Negroni. It's pretty. It is. It's a beautiful. Well, Campari is just beautiful. I mean, it, it adds such a... Uh, almost like fluorescent red color um that being said uh i used the botanist gin which is a fantastic gin Mm -hmm. i used of course campari and then uh sweet red vermouth so i'll be curious to see what you uh now i apologize it's supposed to have a garnish that we didn't have on site today i should have went out and got it Mm. it's been a busy morning i don't know if i could drink this (laughs) but try it i want to get your uh your opinion on this, uh, this guy, because it really is basically those three in equal portions. Uh, you stir it, uh, to chill it and then you pour it over an ice cube. And so our ice cubes are a little bit and smaller, it's, so it's got two in it, but this first drink in 40 days. Yeah. Well, uh, salute. I think you can get behind that. Oh yeah. I you like get the this. Campari. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. And I figured uh, this would be right in your wheelhouse. That is very nice. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a sipper. It's something uh, it's something I think you could get behind. Yeah, usually Campari, it's either straight or with a little bit of tonic water. I've had it with soda, Campari and soda mm-hmm. as well. Um, and that was always an interesting, um, interesting, refreshing beverage because mm-hmm. it is bitter. Mm-hmm. There's a huge bitter aspect to it, and it's very polarizing for some folks. Yeah, like the uh, – what's the – Drink from <laughs> Chicago. Well, I already did a pocket. And Malort. Malort. Malort yeah. is, uh, it is, there's bitter, and then there's a Malort. Mm. And you've tried Malort. I have. I, I liked it, too. Uh, yeah. Well, we all. We're, yeah. I'm a little weird. <laughs> I wouldn't say you're weird. It's just, uh, you, you just done terrible things to your palate or something. I don't know what. Yeah, I bet you could get behind that. I can. Yeah. Which is really strange because I have the taste buds of a super taster. And usually super tasters don't like bitter stuff. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have so many taste buds in a, in a small circle on your tongue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you may not be as sensitive to bitterness as other folks. Yeah. So I'm glad I could introduce you to the world of Negroni. Thank you very much. Yes. I'll uh, have to put this on my drinking list. It's uh, the, another version of that is a Boulevardier, which is instead of gin, you use bourbon, which is something uh, I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't enjoy the regular Negroni. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think right now as it's getting warmer out, that is just such a refreshing cocktail. It just makes me happy. It's quite tasty. Going back to the program, as we move forward, I get this question, and I got it actually from the marketing department. And they were asking why a two-year degree, uh, rather than getting a job and being trained there, is uh, is better, and how has having that beverage education helped? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I went to UC Davis, you went to Siebel. We, we've worked years in the industry. So I don't really know how to answer that question because I've already kind of been in the industry yeah, so you, long. <laughs> you've been in it and you've also you know, been through the formal education. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you've got a business degree. I've got a biology degree. It's just one of those things where I really couldn't answer it. So I got to my alumni list and I sent out an email asking that same question mm-hmm. to students. Mm-hmm. And... I was overwhelmed with the replies because uh, they they've really given me a lot of data and a lot of information, and I appreciate all that all that they've done. And I have a list of some of their uh, replies. Let's and, hear it. Well, I was gonna. Ha- I have a, a. We can't read them all because there's a lot of them. But uh, pick a number, and I'll just count through, and I'll just randomly pick one. Mm, three. <laughs> That's okay. I can count that high. One, two, three. This is from Elijah Burris. Uh, he was a uh, graduate, and it says his his response was it dev- definitely increases the amount of connections and relationships that can be made through the education. Uh, also, having the knowledge from the program has greatly increased my abilities and verbalization when interviewing with potential employers. It's a great way to get a foot in the industry and a reliable when seeking a job. Mm. So it is a great, uh, I wouldn't say ticket to get your foot in the door, but it has uh, it has helped him make its way through. Yeah. Yeah. He's working at a local brewery now. He is. He is. And they just hired another one of our grads, too. Yeah. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, pick another one. Uh, let's go seven. All right. This is from... Uh, Actually, ironically, Rob Kurtz from the same class. There you go. So uh, he says, as for your question, through the program and internship, I walked right into brewing production at uh, a local brewery. No cleaning kegs, no working repack or packaging. And within two years, uh, one year of graduating, I was trained in cellar, brew house, and centrifuge. And then he transferred within that company that owns a bunch of other craft breweries, which I'm not going to say who it is. Yeah. And he said, brewing education is a part of the brewery that he transferred to. So it's part of their promotional tier system. Education is needed for a tier three brewer. So you basically stall at brewer two out of six without education. Uh, he's also noticed that being able to talk shop and science with management has helped him advance uh, even faster in the company. He was promoted a tier in his first year over who, over quite a few people have worked there longer and got a raise at the start of the year uh, before the official por- performance review, uh, which allows me to be pushed into a promotion for tier three. So he's killing us. That's, that's excellent. Uh, tasting panel in school has been great, too. Being able to know the language and identify off flavors has given management confidence in me. 
I've also noticed management is more comfortable letting me add bright tank additions without tasting it first. So, so me ruining beer for these students is working out. Yeah. Cause I actually ruined the beer. For no, them. you do. In that tasting <laughs> class. You, and that's something we warn them at too. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where like, you're not going to like beer after this because now you're just going to like analyze it and nitpick and just, it's not stylistically appropriate. <laughs> Find flaws in everything, just, just everything, just everything. Yeah. And it does, it really, it like, can you enjoy beer? Sure. I can. If I overlook all the flaws, <laughs> I, I, I've been known to enjoy one, but I also approach it from a very, very different place. Okay. Go yeah. do another one. Uh, let's go 20. Uh, I don't know if I can count that high without taking my shoes off. Um, Let's see. Here's a here's a good one. I won't even count that out. Just look at this one. This one gets a bit wordy, so I'm not going to tell you who it's from, but I'm, I bet you can guess after I'm done. Mm. For me, education was pivotal for me being uh, a desirable hire right out of school. Uh, rather than having to get my foot in the door by knowing someone in the industry or working from the ground up for multiple years, it also gave me great overall education on various aspects of the job, including the business side. I've worked at four different breweries now, and each operates a little differently. Having a good base education has allowed me to walk in the door on the first day and apply it, while having the knowledge to understand why things are done the way they are. Now running my own brewery, the business side of my education has been a great asset and something I probably wouldn't have learned starting from the ground up. That was Mike Fuller, class of 2016. Yeah. And that's that's the other thing too is we not only focus on the on the production side of beers, but we also focus on the business side of beers. It's an entrepreneurial track for sure. Yeah, you know that capstone you were talking about. It's basically you put out a business plan as if you were going to actually start a business, and there's a couple that have done that, right? Yeah, actually, quite a few. Yeah, I, and recently I've heard of quite a few. Yeah, uh, starting their own place, which is pretty exciting. Um, one of the more recent grads wrote this, the bedrock of occupational professionalism, or excuse me, professionalization. Hmm. I've been now drinking Negronis, so the occupational professionalization, a process we take for granted with any serious profession, doctor, lawyer, accountant, rests on two critical pillars, academic education, the whys, and the on-the-job training, the hows. Acquiring a beverage education with subject matter experts is very nice that he called you and I subject matter experts. Yeah. And completing a he, brewery internship achieves both of these objectives. He's been drinking the gronies too. Yeah, he must have. Without the standardized career paths enjoyed by other professions, medical, medical residency, the bar exam, CPA exam, it is up to each aspiring craft beverage professional to decide if and how to professionalize. Aside from the valuable skills one will acquire attending beverage education, distinguish, distinguishing oneself with bona fides. We're, the, that's the bona fides. Bona fides. We're bona fides. We must play the clarinet. <laughs> uh, in industry, conspicuously lacking in them is guaranteed to increase your visibility. So he is quite a wordsmith. That was, of course, Michael Cartwright. Mm -hmm. uh, graduated not that long ago. But uh, in the, he makes a very valid point. He does. And I know that there was once, you know, this apprenticeship where you would come on and, and kind of do it that way. But, you know, a lot of a lot of places now are kind of switching to that educational model. And it's interesting to see how um, 
how that's changing. You you kind of touched on it before where you were talking about uh, it's the networking. It's knowing previous graduates. And I don't know about UC Davis, but uh, <clears throat> at Siebel's, that was one of the things they, they ha- hammered home is you have this network of all these Siebel grads that you can call up and, you know, bounce ideas off of or, you know, network to the job or something. And that's and really happening with our students now. Yeah. And that's what's happening with our students. Yeah. And it's, it, it happens with me, even with Siebel's, I still keep in touch with a lot of classmates and uh, even people that are in the alumni list that I didn't go to class with. I could call them up and say, I'm a Siebel grad, you know, and it's the same thing that's happening here with, with our grads. So that's, uh, it's a good thing to have. It is a good thing to have. That networking opportunity, uh, some formal education, and mm-hmm. definitely for me is the hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to do it. You can talk about it till you're blue in the face. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that can talk about it, but can you go do it? Which we give them a lot of hands-on experience. If their second week here, they're brewing beer. Yeah, even if you've never brewed a batch before, you you hopefully. Have the confidence. I mean, yeah, there's always a nervous energy because it, it's new people. We limit the cohort to 24 students. We start a new cohort every fall. You know, you, anytime you're around new folks, uh, you're uh, you're hesitant. Mm-hmm. You, you may not be as uh, extroverted as you normally are. But by the second semester, they gel pretty well. And that's the big thing. Like, they'll go out as a cohort and they'll be at uh, whatever we'll say watering hole there is in town. And it's one of those things where they get recognized, whether they're in their uniform and then there's more than likely somebody that has graduated from the program working at these places and they'll come out, which they parlay into free drinks. Well, they're supposed to be our free drinks. And that's, that's why this is a service uh, announcement. Knock it off. Cause that beer is supposed to come to us. That's right. That, uh, that cocktail that you just got should come to us. And the people that the alumni that are out there should know, yes, introduce yourself to those folks, start that networking process. And that's to help some gets internships and all sorts of other things. But the booze is supposed to come here. That's right. It's kind of shenanigans. It is shenanigans. It, well, Mm. um, (laughs) so now that we have some folks out there. And and if you're thinking about getting a formal education or you're thinking about uh, acquiring some more knowledge, uh, I would recommend certainly doing that because that's something that nobody else can take away from you once you have achieved it. Yeah. And frankly, we give you a piece of paper. That's, I mean, you do the work, you put in the work, you learn the stuff, we test you on it. You have to physically do it with your hands and your, and your smeller and your mouth. Uh, you have to, you, 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 your, your smeller, smeller. Yeah. Your nose. Is that a technical term? <laughs> well, it is. I should, I should be covering that in sensory, yeah. shouldn't I? Well, flavor is aroma and taste. And we, we make you go through the mistakes. We make you go through the successes. Yeah. But really, ultimately, we give you this piece of paper. And luckily for the people now achieving that piece of paper, because it is achievement, be, be very, we don't make it easy because it doesn't do mm-hmm. us any good. No. Because we want good booze when you come back. That's right. And so once we give you that piece of paper, everyone that's going to be graduating this May or even next May and the May after that, uh, they're very lucky because we have such good grads out there right now. And we've had grads out there now for a long time that have worked their way up in these companies. And now they're starting to make decisions. Mm-hmm. It's it's cool to me. And, and you saw it just the other day where uh, a grad is up in Maryland 
he's the head brewer and is looking for help. Mm -hmm. And the first person he contacts is our program. Yeah. And so if, you know, if you're looking to move or, or, uh, you know, learn more about the program, certainly head to abtech.edu, uh, click on programs, look under the uh, brewing distillation of fermentation degree. You can email me at J E F F R E Y M I R V I N at abtech.edu. Uh, anything else you have to add? I know you've been just absolutely enjoying your Negroni. I have been enjoying it. In <laughs> fact, I think I need another. Um, it Thank is, you, sir. May I have another? It is good, right? Yes, it is very good. I thought, you know, I can't, I couldn't believe you never had one, to be honest with you. No. Nah. Mm. Wasn't on my radar, I guess, but now it is. Well, welcome to radar. <laughs> yeah. It is very nice. Uh, thanks for everybody joining us. Listen, laugh, learn with us. Thank you, Danny McConnell from McConnell Farms for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks for everything you've done to the program by donating all the delicious stuff that we turn into booze. So we'll hear from, or not hear from anybody. We'll talk to everybody again. Thanks Negroni for making that difficult. (laughs) 